Football, baby! Welcome into episode 54 of the Losing Sucks podcast. I am Dustin Blanton along with my co-host Travis Masterson. What's going on, Travis? How you doing, man? Football, baby! It's always football over here. We get closer and closer by the day, but um, I feel I'm in multiple drafts right now. All of them are slow drafts, and it's still not enough. I I feel you. I feel you. You know... I the slow draft. Let's talk about the slow draft because the slow draft means a couple different things for you and I. We've been in a few drafts together at this point. We uh like a certain pace to these drafts. I feel well, like any pace, any kind of pulse whatsoever. So you like you like a faster draft. Like you you enter into this agreement with the rest of the league that there is a slow draft taking place, but you don't really want a slow draft. Yeah, it's more no. of a... Give me a, a one it, hour. That's not... I feel like that's not a slow draft. I, that's, give me a two hour. Just don't give me the eight hour. The eight... I'm okay. in one right now that's 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid to trade back. If somebody offered me a great, great deal mm-hmm. to trade up for my pick, I would yeah. say no because it will be three more days before I get to pick. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. That's ridiculous. It is. It, it can be ridiculous. I feel like that's part of the mind game with a slow draft, though, is that even if you know who you're going to pick, you know, you kind of wait out and you kind of hope someone like yourself is like, I cannot wait another day to pick. Like, I'm about to go to bed. Like, I don't yeah. want to wait until Friday morning. No chance. And I've been a victim of it. I've been a victim of not being patient. However, Yes, I'm learning to be patient and fill my time with other things such as other slow drafts. So (laughs) maybe the more you have or the more underdog best ball slow drafts you have going on, it's like every hour you get a little notification that you're on the clock in this draft and you get to redo it all over again. But we have three months of this. So if this is the pace and if that's my uh, strategy to fill time, I will be several, several hundred dollars deeper into best ball underdog drafts three dollars at a time baby yeah that's how they get you they, that's how they get you especially they just they chip away at your wallet and at your patience so yes that, that's okay i i understand that i get it they've also had drastic adp updates over the last week i've seen all that. of my later guys are now top 15 or 20 i'm wondering if they're following our twitter account and changing their adp well, they must alan be. robinson Allen Robinson is way high now. I mean, Allen Robinson, I've seen a couple guys that I want to talk about. You know, Alan Lazard is up there. He rose up 50 points. Way up. I was, that was breaking my heart. I mean, he's still a value and we're going to talk about it. But there are, it just, it makes you, you have to ask the questions. You have to ask the important questions of, you know, constantly going through the guys, constantly, all right, is this guy really worth taking, you know, 40 spots above? What, what I really want to try and what I was listening to, I heard an idea on a podcast was that I want to try and like alphabetically ordered players. <laughs> and that way you have oh to really gosh. know your guys. That's fine. When you have 24 hours to pick. Sure. My God. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have, you have plenty of time to really think about who that next pick is going to be. I, I think- kid you not. Yesterday, I woke up and somebody was on the clock. And I texted, or I, I messaged the, the league chat and I said, at so-and-so, you're on the clock. Four yeah. or five hours later, I tweet at them, hey, you're on the clock. Right. The day goes by. We get to 10 o'clock at night. No pick has been made. That's rough. Yeah. That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. If I'm a commissioner, we are having a meeting in my office immediately. I mean, in fairness, deciding between like like a guy like I don't know, like Cade Otten and you know, another heard of the round kid. rookie. It's difficult. You can't rush these things, Travis. And I know even even though you were want- in the fifth round. <laughs> oh, you know. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's gonna I for those of you at home, Travis does not have kids. Travis does not have like fantasy fantasy is his life. We like to get buckets, that's about it. Yeah. Man. All right. So speaking of guys that you might have to think about for a while that I do not. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Is yep. there really another team for Jimmy Garoppolo? Other than the Panthers, I say yes. You say Jimmy's out. I say Jimmy stays with the 49ers. Tell me why he's not a 49er. Well, first of all, and I think point A should be Trey Lance. I Okay. Just based on draft capital. Drafted alone, him this year, brand new to the team. They want to see what he's got. He's right, you can't. I got it. It's hard to make that that argument to ownership and say, Hey, I traded away our future. And my plan is to just get past all the draft picks that I traded away. And then we'll start new with the guy I traded for. Okay. But with Jimmy G one, um, I expect him to, to be traded. The Panthers, you know, are the team that makes the most sense at this point. I don't see one. I don't see the Seahawks making and there we go. I think we lost Travis. I think we lost Travis. We're going to have to change the video here. All right. So I'll, I'll just move to full screen then. And that's okay. Uh, but with the Seahawks, they're not going to trade for, they're not going to trade for a 49ers quarterback any more than the 49ers are going to trade someone that they let start for them for a few years and move him to a division rival. So I don't see that really playing out that way. The Panthers, on the other hand, they're kind of short on options. I feel like the NFL knows that. This is after the saga of, you know, John Lynch and the 49ers overplaying their hand and asking for more than Jimmy G was realistically worth. Added on the factor of Jimmy G now having surgery and there's questions about when he's going to be ready. So you don't even have Jimmy G get able to be with the team that he would be traded to during the offseason, which I think is adding towards that added time of him being traded. I do think he's going to be traded. Now, with that being said, there's also the likelihood um, that he is cut if they can't find a trade partner. I know it's kind of widely assumed that the 49ers would just hold on to him and Trey Lance would usurp Jimmy G. They're going to see what he, he's got anyway, and that's that's my thought. But I I really think that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback, and I really think that 
Jimmy G, again, I, I mentioned that I think he's going to be cut uh, because of the amount of cap space they would need to have if you were on the roster when that season starts. His dead cap number this year is only $1.4 million, Travis. So it would make sense for the 49ers to cut bait if they can't find a Jimmy G trade partner. You know, because to me, is your backup quarterback worth $25 million a year? To me, it's an easy no. When you say backup quarterback, you're talking about the same guy that just took him to the final four again, right? Yeah, that's the guy. That I feel like there's no way that he's going to start the season for the 49ers this year. He'll either be on another team or he'll be cut. They won't even keep him as a backup? No, because why Why would you... It's kind of like, you know, Cam Newton said it best. I can't be in the locker room because everybody's going to be questioning the starter while I'm on the team. Why would they... That's my question. Why would they be questioning Trey Lance if it's only Jimmy behind them? Well, because... This is the same argument we had last preseason. And no, I said, the, Jimmy the, G will start. Yeah. I said, Andy Dalton will start. And they both did. Well, that's I'm not two- saying Jimmy G will start this year, but I'm saying sure. you can't tell me for sure that the 49ers are better this upcoming season, 2022, with Trey Lance than they are with Jimmy. Sure I can. Sure I can. I can tell you that they're better. I You, you believe in Trey Lance. I do believe in Trey Lance. I think... Based on it, his 16 games since high school. I think that the 49ers don't have a choice other than to believe in Trey Lance. Jimmy G costing $26 million, $25 million should not be on that roster okay. this year. So it's a money thing. It's not a skill thing. It's a money thing. It's a, hey, you can trade this guy to a team that has a lesser quarterback. And But why I would Carolina to- take that on if they've got Darnold and they just drafted somebody? Why would you take on third round more money if you're going to tank anyway? There, well, first of all, I don't think they're tanking. Okay, I think that Matt Rule is trying to pull a rabbit out of this hat and do everything he can to compete. Look, it's not like I'm sitting here saying it's going to be successful, but Matt Rule is an NFL coach and he can't go to ownership and say, "Hey, what I really thought would work didn't work. Give me another shot at this with no quarterback." You know, so I don't see Matt Rule saying, oh, we just need Jimmy. He's not going to say, he's not going to go to that locker room and say, we can do it with Sam. You know, he did last year. They were good until Sam Darnold got hurt. They could win the Super Bowl if he doesn't get hurt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I don't I, know. I, don't I think know, the hatred for Jimmy G is nonstop. The man has a great record in the NFL managing the game or not went into Lambeau and won. I don't care what the stat line said. He won the game. Trey Lance has played three games. Trey Trey Lance has, has had limited opportunities for sure. And he has some growing, but I, you cannot have that guy sit two years. Um, you can't. Right. So it's an image thing. It's not a Jimmy sucks. Trey is so much better. It's, they they the push ceiling, the chips in. They have to go with it. The ceiling is higher, I believe, with Trey Lance. Yes, in fantasy, in fantasy, because and the ceiling the ceiling was Super Bowl. So how much higher could it get? 
winning the Super Bowl. That is oh my gosh. <laughs> Look, not it's... letting Patrick Mahomes score 21 in the fourth two years or three years ago. Look, that's that's the ceiling. If we're Jimmy get had into the... They were up 10 in the fourth. Yeah, absolutely. And you know who probably wins that game for them? Trey Lance. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, but if we're going to get into the minutia of what Trey Lance offers over Jimmy G. Look, Jimmy G is a little bit more accurate Baker Mayfield, okay? Who is also the only other quarterback on the market that is an option for the Panthers. They're very statistically comparable. Jimmy G, he's got good completion percentage, and you know what? He's he's respected by the locker room, but he's just that. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. He's not a top-10 guy. He's not even a a top-12 quarterback one guy. That's not who he is. He is a... I can come in, and you know what? If you have a strong defense, you have a strong run game, I can get you to the promised land. And for a lot of teams, that's great. But for a team that said, we appreciate that, Jimmy, but we feel like we drafted a guy that can get us above average. And that's okay. At the most important position in sports, they went and did that. When, so they, go win, like- when they go win eight or nine games and don't make the playoffs, it's possible. that's an image problem. That's it's, your image problem. We had Jimmy. Sure. We were in the final four. We shipped him out of town. Trey Lance didn't make the playoffs. Sure. Sure. But look, it's it's like you're sitting like I'm not gonna sit here and say Jimmy G is the reason they got that far. Jimmy G's not the reason. Jimmy G was a he, he was a great asset to that team. Because you know what? It's not like I can sit here and say, oh, well, if we would have put Teddy Bridgewater in there, he would have done the same thing. You know, I, I, I think okay, that Jacob, Jacob makes a point that I think you're, you're also in agreement with agreement, agreeance. <laughs> Jimmy uh, G is Alex Smith. Trey Lance is Colin Kaepernick. One will manage the game and give you deep playoff runs, plural. The other will give you, will help you compete for championships. That's when fair. you say com- your, your, your word choice here is interesting to me because you say, will help you compete for championships, not win championships. Yeah. When you're competing for championships, you are in the Super Bowl sure. or in the Final Four, one win away from the Super Bowl, or in fact, yeah. seven minutes from winning the Super Bowl. That is competing for championships. Yeah. Did I Colin mean, Kaepernick win the Super Bowl? No. But look, it's... Why not? I, I understand what he's saying. It's like... Look, I I can't sit here and say with 100% certainty that Trey Lance wins you a Super Bowl, you know, but I can tell you that he does things that give you better chances than Jimmy G does. So that's what I'm saying. Jimmy G and Colin Kaepernick both had the same result. Okay. The 49ers with Colin Kaepernick had the Ravens beat. They didn't have the Ravens beat. They They were smacking their butt. And then the lights went out and everything changed. They were rolling no. them. No, that the Raven, the why we're talking about a Super Bowl that happened like 10 years ago. Like, what are we doing <laughs> yeah. here? Well, because we're comparing Colin Kaepernick and his no, skills. No, we're not talking. I don't to want to Trey get Lance Colin and his Kaepernick skills thing. and how they're both wanna... give you so much more than Garoppolo Look, will give you. I don't want to talk about Colin Kaepernick. He's not on the show sheet, he's not on there. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy G, though. God dang. Jimmy, it, was 21, it was 21 to 6 
Baltimore at half. Yeah. They were beating the tar out of the 49ers. Yep. Yeah. You're right. I I know I'm right. I know I'm right. <laughs> All right. That's question it for, for Jimmy. You. What we got next? Quest, question for you though. Uh because I've been I just want someone to tell me I'm right on something. Um you're, Jameson Crowder, he's just a he's just a Cole Beasley clone, right? He's just a yes. he's just an impersonator. I think Cole Beasley's a better player. Um, you know, it's it's funny because on playerprofiler.com, Jameson Crowder is actually the comparable player to Cole Beasley. Um, and so that makes that makes me laugh. That makes me smile on the inside. You said these guys look alike. And yeah. then you found that. Their numbers, man, their their numbers are really similar. I mean, their career averages are darn near identical. I mean, you're talking six targets a game, four receptions, and like fifty yards. So I mean, we're talking Crowder draft wise as a late. You look at the board, you hate everybody. Just see if he's in that group. Sure. I mean, or do you not like him? Is it what? Which way are you leaning? For Crowder? Yeah, I like Crowder, especially like in a PPR league. Crowder has shown us for you know few games at a time, and I'm not sitting here saying he's a league winner or anything, but he's a useful piece that. Look, if you once you get towards the end of your towards the end of your drafts or you know the middle to end of your drafts and Jamison Crowder's sitting there. He, look, he's on a top offense. Um he's got a rookie competing with him for slot snaps. He's shown success in the past. So I say why not? You know, Cole Beasley showed to be a pretty valuable piece in fantasy. So um I feel like Jamison Crowder could do that. You know, Cole Beasley uh last year gave us three uh wide receiver one week so um i i think that you could see you know a, a bi-week filler a solid matchup you know a, a solid game script you could see that kind of production come from jameson crowder in this offense and he could be useful especially in a deeper dynasty league where you have bigger benches yeah there's definitely a spot for him i didn't like the draft of shakir for crowder obviously but when you look at, um, and just recently, Emmanuel Sanders was playable for a little while. For sure. But when you look at Beasley in Buffalo, 112 targets, 82 catches. 107 targets, 82 catches. Right. 106 targets, 67 catches. Right. That's, that is by week. That is strong by week fill in play. Yeah. Um, that's that's I mean, the type of volume. guy that yeah. if they do that two or three weeks in a row and they get hot, somebody's going to come knocking saying, Hey, what do you want for him? And you could turn that into somebody else you'll use because that's not going to sustain. Those numbers don't show these guys are going to give you that every week. But when you get a, a group of games like that, yeah, then you can make that more valuable than even they've just given you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Talking strictly fantasy. I mean, that's Jameson Crowder is a, even a guy that he can help sweeten a deal. You know, it's uh kind of helps you put offers over the top. You know, you know, if you like someone else similar to him, like it wouldn't be hard to upgrade a Jamison Crowder to a Hunter Renfro. You know, like that's that's what I'm saying. Like Hunter Renfro is obviously going to be going earlier than Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder, a couple weeks in, you know, he he puts up a wide receiver ten week, and all of a sudden, oh well, that that's someone I want on my team. So keep an yeah. eye out for him. He's definitely going to be someone to monitor. Because 
guys like that, we forget how important guys like that are, especially the slot guys in a PPR league where it's easier to get targets. Um, you brought up an interesting point, though, in the guy that they drafted because, you know, speaking strictly dynasty, and you know what? I could just as much as I can see Jamison Crowder having redraft relevance, um, I could easily see them having a plan for this Khalil Shakir out of Buffalo or Boise State, rather. I'm sorry. Um, and Buffalo he, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays he plays for Buffalo. Um, but he is another guy that profiles as a slot receiver, and he's four inches taller than than Jameson Crowder. He's 10 pounds heavier. He he can uh, absorb, you know, a little bit more punishment over the middle. And Jameson Crowder has missed time. He's played 12 games in each of the last two seasons. So it's not impossible to think that Jameson Crowder could be, you know, he'd be good to start the season and then maybe he gets banged up and then Khalil Shakir is someone you might want to grab as well. Just you want pieces of good offenses. That's, that's essentially what I'm getting yeah, get, at. Get a piece. It's almost, would you consider these two guys, um, the un, the uncommon wide receiver handcuff? No, I don't look, I don't believe you can get him for a stretch, but if sure. Diggs were to get banged up ankle, hammy, whatever, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, because of the quarterback and the offense, their value skyrockets. Oh, sure. I, I mean, think about I think about Tyler Boyd in the same way. Yeah, like oh well, it's tough because Tyler Boyd's a little bigger, you know. And yeah, but I, I just th- mean if, if you lose Higgins or Chase, right? Tyler Boyd, way up. Yeah, absolutely. And but while while giving you value by weeks on yeah. his own, I mean the argument could definitely be made. You know, I think that, I mean, obviously you're going to want to grab Gabriel Davis. You're going to want to grab, you know, Jameson Crowder. And geez, I, I don't even know who else they would have there. Um, Dawson Knox is a, another interesting play because he's just one of those guys that Josh Allen just loves to target. And especially you see in these running offenses, these offenses where there's a lot of RPOs, a lot of reading in the middle of the field. The tight end seems to be a guy that's going to, you know, stretch the seam in these these kind of offenses. So it just makes sense, you know. Um, that's something I really want to dive into as we get into the dog days of summer. Some trends there, and maybe we talk about some guys that are useful to these mobile quarterbacks, typically on a trend. So yeah. definitely something to keep an eye on. I guess one thing this that is, this is a tough one for me. No, I mean so. You were talking about guys that have to have inherent value, right? And because of where they're at and where the team that they play for, you know? So this kind of has to mean the same thing for Clyde Edwards Alaire. At some point, he's going to just keep being bashed down the rankings that he eventually is of value, right? Um, this is tough for me because it's like when you have a let's say you're you're a quarterback. Or a point guard, okay. and you're the starter, and you're not world-changingly good, but you're solid. And the team gets a new coach. The coach has a son who plays your position. <laughs> okay, you know the writing is on the wall. You're getting replaced. He's playing his son, and <laughs> for me, that is Ronald Jones. Okay, joining the team that should be Clyde's job. Right. Ronald Jones just came in and inherently one because he's freaking good at running football. 
Sure. And we will, people will see this, but when you watch a lot of Ronald Jones tape, which I obviously have, he is somebody near and dear to my heart. Right. Andy Reid is going to watch Ronald Jones run the football in practice and see yep. him stand next to Clyde and say, that guy's getting the ball a lot. And when we get inside the 10, that's the guy that's getting the ball. So I do think value-wise, there will come a point where Clyde can give you some value in PPR leagues as a more of a scat back. I think the days of Clyde running between the tackles are very limited. I hope so. so. I would much rather have Ronald Jones than Clyde, and Clyde will cost you more. So I will take somebody else around where Clyde is going and then go Ronald around later. Yeah. You know, with the, the Chiefs backfield, it's really tough to to get a, a hold of it because obviously Clyde – we want Clyde to be a thing, especially if you have him on your roster. You want him to have that success. And I'm just not so sure that, one, he necessarily is profiled as a uh, pass-catching back because even last year, you know, you saw Darrell Williams have more targets, you know, than, than Clyde. And we, McKinnon was a beast catching yeah, football. And uh, granted, Clyde was banged up, but – we we know that Ronald does not catch passes. That is not something he does well. Yeah, and McKinnon's gone. Darrell Williams is gone. So he's right. kind of forced into that role, right? Right, and you would think. I, I'm i kind of, like, I'm interested in guys, like, they just brought in a seventh-round guy in, in Isaiah Pacheco. Like, I really like him. I like the way he profiles. I like the way he plays. I, It's kind of one of these unknowns because we don't know exactly what this offense is going to look like. I expect a lot of lower dot throws. Uh, checkdowns, just moving the ball forward, longer extended drives instead of these huge splash plays, uh, which it sounds good. They're for, built for that now. Yeah, and it sounds good for a running back. I think Clyde Clyde does a really good job in pass protection, so maybe he's he's in there on, on those plays because that is also something that Ronald yeah. Jones does struggle with. So it, it would not shock me if Clyde just gets the, the work because – that's just a trust that he has with Patrick and Andy. The third down work. Right. Well, the third down yeah. and then also creeping in. Maybe he starts off as the third down guy. And then with when it comes to Ronald, I don't have what when it comes Bruce to Bruce Arians is not there. No. That is the, in your head, that's what's scary. When it sure. comes to Ronald, if he misses a block, if he fumbles the football, he's doghouse. That's yeah, gone. See, Andy Reid doesn't Reed. do that. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first carry in the league, and he said, give him the ball again and again and again sure. and again. But I think, and what I did think Kareem gonna... Hunt go on to do? Almost MVP right. of the league. Right. Yeah, but we don't have a Kareem Hunt on this team, you know? No, like... we don't. But, but I think run-wise, Ronald gives you first and I second agree. down. I, I think agree. Clyde trots in on third. Look, I, I've said all along, I think Ronald Jones is the perfect fit for this offense. You were the first one to say Ronald needs to go to KC. Like that, he fits that role perfectly. And yeah. here, I mean, the question is, do we think that Clyde's going to approach a value? Initially, I thought yes. But now thinking about it, there's I don't think there's a place where I could draft him and feel safe at what I'm getting, even as a running back three, because you yeah, brought up a great point. still going high enough. I don't. 
I don't think that he's going to get the goal line work, you know, red zone work. You've got a lot of guys that, that can work in the red zone. Juju's a great red zone, th- uh, target. Um, Travis Kelsey, great red zone target. Um, Ronald Jones. Let's talk about, let me give you some context and this can help you decide if sure. you, if you would take Clyde where he's going. Yeah. Um, he's going with Damian Harris, running back wise, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Michael Carter. So I think he's in that group. I'm fine with that. But yeah. the receivers right there are the Mike only- Williams, Cortland yeah. Sutton, Juju, Ayuk. I'm going receiver at, at that point in the draft and going Ronald Lake. Sure. I mean, but over those running backs, I think the only one I would consider taking Clyde over would be Michael Carter. I mean, that would be that would be it for me. Um, I don't believe I think in Miles the, Sanders over Clyde by a lot. I just don't believe in I, I'm over the narrative that just because it's a great offense, potentially, it, that means that the running back playing in that offense has to be good, you know, because we know that the Chiefs don't run the ball like everyone else. So um, a die's got a comment for you. I mean, yeah, Ben. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, that that that's fair. You know, and also you mentioned Michael Hardman. Michael Hardman is someone I'm a huge truther for. So I I still believe I said it at the beginning of the offseason. I think Michael Hardman is someone who this is this is this will be his fifth year playing wide receiver. And it is reasonable to assume that the, he could ha- he should have a late breakout if he's going to break out. Um, so Michael Hardman, you know, it's it's not unfathomable. You know, we keep <laughs> I want Michael Hardman to be a thing, but I also <laughs> he's forgetting not. that. Yeah, it's yeah. not his fault. Can Michael Hardman? Can he overcome MVS? Sure, but am I no. less? Am I am I less certain about him overcoming a guy like Sky Moore or even Justin Ross at this point? I mean, I don't know. Uh, but Michael Hardman, man, I'm a fan. I want him to work out. It's just it. It's one of those guys where I'll always be a fan. I'll always keep yeah. him on the end of my rosters just because I love I love the dude. It's not his um, fault, but there's it, there's it's zero just hard weeks to find dudes right with, now that you would play him. It's hard to find dudes with safety. It's hard to find dudes with you know guys that you 100 percent you can set it and forget it. And which is why a guy like Najee Harris is someone that I'm targeting in the first round of drafts because I feel like his workload is very safe. I feel like I feel like Najee Harris is a guy who we look at his target share from last year. Sure. That's probably going to decrease, but I don't think that his workload or role in that offense changes much at all. Travis. I think you're right. Initially, when we talked about this this week, I said, I'm scared of all Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Najee is somebody that you have zero reason to be scared of. And this is a very, this is a very chalk take. Obviously, Najee Harris is great, but my initial thought was he can't get 90-plus targets again. That was a Ben Roethlisberger thing. That was an outlier season. However, Le'Veon Bell had over 90 targets, I think, three or four times, over 100 multiple times. It is part of what Mike Tomlin wants to do. It's part of who Pittsburgh is. So maybe Najee Harris is the only weapon on Pittsburgh worth his draft price which is, I think, around seventh overall right now. Sure. Um, 
You're going to decide I mean, between Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Are you taking him over those other two guys? That's really tough. Um, if, you're seven, on, if you're at the 107, I think we put that poll up. If I'm at the 107, <clears throat> I'm I'm probably going to go Chase over Najee. Yep. I probably go Justin Jefferson over Najee. Yeah, um, but that's that's honestly probably where I'd... I mean, Cooper Cup, yeah, I would probably take over Najee, but other those three He's guys, gone. and then it's gone. Najee for me. Oh, you've got Najee? Wait, so if you're on the clock, at the 101, you're taking who? At the 101? Yeah. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, two? Mm, probably Jonathan Taylor. Yep, three? Oh man, three. I would like if you get stuck with the 103, it's going to be really interesting. I don't want the 103. (laughs) You can't trade in our home leagues, you cannot trade. Yeah, I don't. So, Dustin, you get the 103. Oh man, you don't have any keepers. Who are you going with? Because I look the 103, I'm not, I can't. Man, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, I Oh, I don't want to say Najee there. I mean, but for me, he's he's very close to being that 103 for me. Uh, probably it's the I, safety of it, right? It is the safety. It's, it's yeah. I don't want to ruin 300 this touches. So here, honestly, there I would probably go Najee. And my thought process behind that is, if it's at the 107 and I can get Najee, or if it's at the 107 and I can get a a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. On the way back, I can get a maybe an Austin Eckler. Maybe I can get, you know, a guy like Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley. You know, one of those guys I Wide can get. Wide receiver is so loaded. It is loaded. But running backs are also pretty loaded. It it's there's there's it gets depth. Thin, man. It gets thin. At the it, it will get thin. At the end of the second, though, you can still get a guy like you know, uh, Aaron Jones, you can still get a guy like that, you know, early third, late second, and still be useful. Um, yeah. and still can have running back one week. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily against, um, taking Najee at three. Uh, honestly, right now, Najee would probably be my, my one Oh three. Um, okay. man, the, the end of the second round receivers right now. Yeah. Are enough to make you want to throw up in your mouth. At the, D- at the end of the second? A.J. Brown, okay. D.K. Metcalf, okay. Debo Samuel. Ugh. It's not it's not so bad. I mean, maybe Debo in a redraft? <clears throat> I'm not touching D.K. Metcalf there. I'm not touching A.J. Sure. Brown there. Sure. I will let those guys go somewhere else, have yeah. their eight points one week, 15 the next, three, yeah. three, three, 20. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. That's fair. I like AJ Brown. I like him this year. I don't I don't hate that offense. I think it'll be more productive than they were last year. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. You know, speaking of wide receivers though that you know, you you look for those guys at the end of the second round that that <clears throat> that are going to get the volume. And it looking through the guys that were maybe potentially going to see an increase from an old familiar name that used to be a perennial top, you know, seven receiver, um, Mike Evans still is. You know, it he's 
he's Mr. 1000 yards, you know? So my question is, are, we, are you feeling safe in saying he's going to see an increase in targets? And if so, do we think he can have that volume of yards just as we've seen a renaissance in his touchdown totals the last two years? You know, Mike, Mike Williams, the last time he saw 140 targets, he did have Evan. a Jameis Winston on his team, but he also Mike, Mike had Evan. 1,500 yards. That was the YOLO season between Jameis Winston and I believe it was Ryan Fitzpatrick that year. Um, I'll have to – I'm, I'm going to look that up, but what do you think? Do you think Mike Evans is going to be that that gem that you see that it just makes so much sense, but no one really pulls the trigger? I like Mike Evans safety-wise. I. I'm fine with him at ADP. I like Mike Evans over AJ Brown and DK Metcalf by, by a lot. And okay. he's cheaper. However, an increase in volume, I don't know because he's not fast and he's not it's what? he's not this he's not this slant king that's just getting peppered like Michael Thomas was. When you look at Mike Evans, he does what he does and he does it well. But it when you look at his targets, he hadn't had over 140 targets in the last five years. Right. He hadn't yeah. had over 120 targets in the last three years. So I mean, he's only, he's had, he makes he's his had, money in the end zone. For sure. He's had one of those outlier seasons before. He has had 170. He barely got over 1,000 yards in both of the last two years with Brady. True. So he's not this yardage monster. He's a red so, zone guy. That's all right. So, in fairness, though, Last year, he hasn't seen. I mean, in the last, it, it is true. When Tom Brady came to town, Mike Evans saw his his workload drop drastically. Um, I, uh, is it drastic? I don't know if it's necessarily drastic. I mean, he he dropped by like ten targets uh, the first year, and then he saw it come back up a little bit because of injuries and whatnot. It's a different type of archetype of wide receiver than Tom Brady's used to. You know, he, he likes guys to get open. He likes to you know, he likes the timing rather than the the trust. Right. And the YOLO ball. And I don't I don't blame him. That's what you get with the great quarterbacks. Um, but I think what what we've seen make up for that volume is the touchdown volume. You know, he in the last two years he's he's seen 13 and 14 touchdowns. And I realistically, I think that's in line again for what we're gonna see this year. Like who else do they have, first of all? And yeah, you've got you've got Really, that's his favorite. Other than Gronk, that's his red zone guy. You don't have a Chris Godwin here for a lot of the season. You're not going to have an Antonio Brown who demanded the ball when he was on the field and they were passing. They were throwing it to Antonio Brown. They don't have that guy on the field this year. Um, what they do have, and something that we can also bring up into this segment, is Russell Gage. Russell Gage is going to be on the field. I don't think he's going to demand targets at the same rate as Antonio Brown. I think that's fair to say. I think what Russell Gage is going to be making up for in that offense is someone to also share the volume with that both Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are were supposed to make up in this offense. That's what we're going to see Russell Gage try to fit into. But I think that overflow of targets, it's not I don't think it's going to go to, you know, uh what, what who else they have? This Cyril Grayson or they have Tyler Johnson. I don't think those guys. Yeah, Scotty. I don't think they they jump up into the the next tier. I think it's going to be Mike Evans getting the overflow. Um, and so you're I saying think, over under 140? I think he'll approach 140. I think it's I think it's going to be slightly under, but I still think we're going to see that extra 20 targets or so this season in those first okay. eight ten weeks. 
I think we're going to see that that increase for him. I do not. I think he is between 110 and 120 again. Tom Brady threw 719 passes. Yeah, it was the most passes we've ever seen. By 120, 120 more than I think he's ever thrown. For sure, yeah. Or or at least over the year before. So, yeah. Is that going to repeat? Highly unlikely that he throws 700 passes again. Yeah, it'll be less. Uh, Yeah, so I don't think it's like we're looking for targets that have to be, to have to go somewhere. I think while Godwin is out, maybe they do run it more. Maybe it's, maybe Gronk gets a little more. Maybe the other guys do the Tyler Johnson, Russell Gage type. Evans will get his, there's no doubt. But 1,500 yards for an older, older Mike Evans, I think is a stretch. He's not, he's, He's only done that once in his career with a huge yardage total. So, yeah, I think yeah. over a thousand for sure, over twelve hundred probably not. But that ten to fourteen touchdown range, I think, is as safe as any receiver in the league. Yeah, I mean touchdowns He's are finicky, monster. but if you look a guy who gets to the red zone with the kind of regularity that Mike Evans does in this offense, I feel like it's fair. I feel like that's yeah. that's definitely something we can see. And wouldn't be shocked to see it again. Um, Russell Gage, though, let's let's kind of pivot a little bit before we move on. Russell Gage, we know that that's a guy we like. We're high on him on the show. A lot of people are in the fantasy community. Who are like where? Where do you kind of draw the line? Like, obviously, like you brought up the question to me: if Mike Evans gets hurt, and we've seen it before, you know, his hamstrings do kind of come up there it's it's kind of you know ritual at this point every year every year he misses you know a a game or three and now we're left with the question the only other guy left on that offense is russell gage where do we land for me he's he's an upside wide receiver too you know okay let me let me pause you there because i love russell gage i have him i think everywhere when you say wide receiver two, you're looking at the 24. So let's go. Let's give you four on each side. So 20 to 28. Okay. Because do you think he can finish with the Sutton, Mike Williams, Cooks, Mooney, Hollywood Brown, Allen Robinson group? Finish there? That's that's the wide receiver two group. No, I I think that if Mike Evans were to go down, oh okay uh, okay if if Evans goes down, yeah 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 with Mike Evans there, no, I think I think uh, I think I've got Russell Gage at probably wide receiver twenty seven twenty eight. Uh, I like that. I like him over. Uh, Gabriel Davis, shocker. Yep. Tyler yep. Lockett, Amonra St. Brown. Yep. Um. He might beat out Rashad Bateman, unfortunately. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's. It's not. It's not impossible. Just with the volume. Um, At least. I, what about through through week eight with Godwin out? Do you think through week eight who leads? Um. There. Ooh, that's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna go Rashad Bateman. Um, okay. I'm still gonna go Rashad Bateman. Uh, I, think... I say through week eight. I, I take Gage. I see why you but say you love that. Rashad Bateman. That's your guy. You got to stick with him. 
Yeah, Rashad Bateman. I mean, I, I honestly think that there's a good shot Rashad Bateman is the number one option on that team this coming year. Like out that, targets Mark Andrews. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Dustin, are you okay tonight? Bro, I I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling Rashad Bateman nice. out target Mark Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. Well then then Mark Andrews going in the second round is ridiculous if that if he's not leading his team in targets i'm glad you brought that up because mark andrews going in the second round is ridiculous absolutely all right okay well i've i've been agreeing with that for a while yeah oh, we got a uh ben a says gauge one through eight said <laughs> <laughs> dustin been drinking on that good good dustin's been drinking on the good good yeah for sure yeah it... defend yourself talk up rashad bateman i'll be back in 60 seconds sure station identification station identification so we've got rashad bateman is look he's a superb route runner and the only thing going against him last year was that he had two guys that were already established in the offense and were already taking up most of the targets by the time he had returned midway through his rookie season so not only was he dealing with an ab- abdominal injury that he was recovering from, he was also trying to acclimate to the NFL at the same time trying to move his way up the depth chart, which he had no hope of moving up um, above Marquise Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews in that offense, where they find themselves down in games, constantly having to try to come back. And in those situations, you go with the guys you trust. Also, switching back and forth between Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson, I feel like. Rashad Bateman didn't have the time or the offseason to get comfortable with his quarterback. We now see that this year. We've we he's been with the team, he's been through the drills. He is the number one on that team. So I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about Bateman. I think Russell Gage, um, I think Russell Gage profiles as a slot receiver he does win at a good rate he's a solid wide receiver but he's not someone that i believe tom brady is going to feel the need to pepper with targets when he's got a guy like gronk on the field because i do believe gronk will be back he, there's that trust factor with leonard fournette fournette's going to be peppered with targets as well you're also going to see mike evans i still going to rely on the fact that he's going to see an increased target load um what did he have I, last year so Mark Andrews being the number one target, it's not like I'm saying it can't happen, but I I would probably put it at a I'll give it I'll give Mark Andrews the benefit of the doubt and say he's 60-40 to lead that that team in targets this year. But I think I'm very excited for the NFL community and the the, the fantasy community to really be able to see what Rashad Bateman can do because he's so much better than people give him credit for. And now that he is their number one receiver, the dude can win all over the field. And I'm excited for him to get to show people. He's other people have said it. It was literally the first thing on my mind when I watched him. He is big, explosive Keenan Allen. Like that is what. What? He... Wait, what is Keenan Allen? Is he not big and explosive? No, Keenan Allen's not explosive. He's he's quick. He's so physical. He's not Mike Evans. But no. Keenan Allen is a, is a big, strong dude. And so was it's Rashad because, It's just because Mike Williams is on the other side. But Keenan Allen bodies people and Keenan route Allen's runs good. people in the circles. Keenan Allen's good. Bateman or Hollywood Brown? Oh, oh buddies. 
that's tough. That's tough. I'm going to go with Bateman. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's tough. That's really tough. I, I Even I really knowing like, Hopkins is out six weeks? I like Hollywood Brown. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to say what if, what if What if Hopkins was not out? If Hopkins was not out, then yeah, I'm still in on Bateman. And I'm um, still in on Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> you know, I need to see it. I need to see it from Marquise Bateman. Marquise has got I, a I'm new with quarterback. He's got a friend. There's also another quarterback showdown that we want to talk about. Two guys we're very high on. Two guys that I think are very in similar situations going from crappy situations last year. There are some still questions about their productivity. Let's talk about Cortland Sutton and uh, Allen Robinson. Um, yes, sir. That's a good name. I know Actually, you like, have, I really I like who you have guys. in there. I know who you have. You're A-Rob all the way. Yes. But for me, I like both of these guys. I really do. Talk about... All right, so A-Rob profiles as... Hold on. Can we stop? I want to, I want to pause real quick because Jacob <laughs> just said Rashad Bateman is his wide receiver 37. I am with Jacob. I'll, I'll put it here on the record as well. 37. That's not, that yeah. means he's not, he, that means he's a wide receiver four for you. Uh, man. That means he's a wide receiver four for you. And for me, this is not a situation where it's Bateman's fault. I just, don't think there's enough volume there for him. I like Juju in the Chiefs offense more. I like Thielen more. I will take probably Ayuk, Hollywood, Allen if- Robinson, Darnell Mooney. I mean, there's so many guys. This is what I mean by wide receivers absolutely loaded right now. It's not if- Bateman's fault. They don't throw enough. All right. If th- let me let me put it this way. If <laughs> if if the You're Ravens so if the Ravens so throw mad. if the Ravens throw for the fewest passes in the NFL, which they won't, they if they only throw 500 passes, and if Rashad Bateman has a horrid target percentage of only 18, percent that's still 90 targets. That is a wide receiver 37 is not getting 90 targets. Rashad yes, Bateman, they are. Yes, they are. Rashad Bateman is going to exactly, but we can have that discourse. When I tell you that a wide receiver four isn't getting 120, 125 targets, like Bateman will see. Chase Claypool just had 105 targets. That's what you're going to get from Rashad Bateman. You're going to no, get you're not. 2021. No, you're not. Chase no, Claypool is 2022 Rashad Bateman. I will. I would be willing to bet a solid amount of money that Rashad Bateman sees 120 targets plus this year. They and he might, but they just don't need that from him. No, but when you have when you, look when you've got a sports car, you don't drive 45 miles an hour. Okay? The sports car is in the backfield. <laughs> In okay. the shotgun. That's the sports car. Oh, Lamar Jackson would I'm juke triggered. Rashad triggered. Bateman out of his shoes. J- Jacob. We, uh, hey, a die, Mr. Ben. We cannot have a leg shaving 2.0 until <laughs> there's a leg shaving 1.0. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. If this keeps going at this rate, we're going to be like the lawnmower manscaped. It's a lawnmower (laughs) 3.0, 4.0. It's like, wait a second. We never had the one. We never bought the two. (laughs) You never. Now you got a flashlight on this sucker. I'm just. Oh, (laughs) it hurts. It just, it hurts. I'm, I'm moving on. Jacob, I will talk to you later. Are you saying that Bateman is inside of your top 25? Yeah, J- Bateman's inside my top 25. All right. I You got to tell me the names that are going to be out because of Bateman. You'll have to tune in next week. You'll have to tune in next week. <laughs> we might have to do this tomorrow. <laughs> because we're moving on to Cortland Sutton versus Allen Robinson. And what, both of them have new quarterbacks. Both yep. of them are in great situations. And Cortland Sutton is, uh, I think, someone who is being old, like uber slept on. Allen Robinson now has to prove to us that he still has the chops to get it done. Um, so who's going first here? I want you to go first, just All because right. I like I like going second. You also need a breather here. You're getting yeah. you're getting ganged up on by the boys. Yeah, um, so you go ahead. And all right, take this one. Case for Allen Robinson. I tweeted earlier today. Allen Robinson is inside of my top fifteen wide receivers. That's going to be a little spicy for some, but here's why. We have seen the number two wide receiver, which we can all agree, Allen Robinson will be the number two wide receiver in the Rams' offense, be a top twenty or a top fifteen year after year. Robert Woods, before getting hurt last year, when you look at the three years prior. In PBR leagues, wide receiver 13, 14, and 11 alongside Cooper Cup. That is a a spot, a position in that offense that is carved out to give you top 15 production. Allen Robinson is just as good as Robert Woods at many, many, many things. Sure, Robert Woods may be a little slippery, a little bit more slippery, may be a little bit more crafty, um, but Allen Robinson is a big dude, a physical receiver. He is going to be what um, Matthew Stafford has loved. He is not Calvin Johnson, but having a big receiver like that, Matthew Stafford has always loved. Um, throw out last year for Robinson. We can all agree that everybody knows last year was a horrible situation and year for him and all of the Bears. Um, so throughout that last year, when you look at his career, he's a nine-target-per-game receiver. Yeah. That is, that's a 120, 130-target type of player who's used to doing that, who's produced top 12, top 12, top 12, many years at that rate. Yeah. So with the by far the best quarterback he's ever had, I think Allen Robinson just falls into a top 15 spot. Um, what I wanted to look at, I'm going above. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So when I looked at Matt Stafford and the Rams offense, I thought who had the most red zone passing touchdowns in 2021. Just curious in the red zone. Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense had the most passing touchdowns. Um, Stafford was number three in pass attempts inside the 20. This is what they do. 
they're not getting in the red zone and just pounding it, pounding it until they get across the goal line. Um, McVay has all the trust in the world in Stafford to find the right guy. Yep. And to not turn it over. I think he had one pick in the red zone all year. So it's green light all the time for Stafford. 41 touchdowns last year. There's no reason to think that falls off. Maybe by a couple, but he could have 45. I would be, it's just as realistic for him to have 30, 35, 36 as it is for him to have 45. 41 is, is a very repeatable number, I think. I, I, don't... when you add Allen Robinson, because if you would have had Robert Woods and Odell Beckham healthy all year, it easily could have been 45. Yeah, I, I'm just on the side of I don't think that offense and the efficiency that they had repeats. I, I, it's tough because why Alan, doesn't? Why not? Why doesn't? I. So you're talking about guys that, so they did have Robert Woods. He goes down, and then they immediately have Odell Beckham. Okay, different guys than than Allen Robinson. I don't think like Allen Robinson may be a, a, I don't even know if better is the right word better. He could be better than Robert Woods, but Robert Woods fit very well with what they were trying to do. He and Allen Robinson does not do all of the things that Robert Woods could do. Allen Robinson is not a close to the line of scrimmage guy. He's not a yak guy. He is a down the field um, contested catch guy he he runs he runs good routes he 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 won at a good rate last year um the offense was poor that he was on but the 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 fit that i you're kind of seeing this this uh relationship this this dichotomy here of this yolo ball guy that they need in this offense to stretch the field because they don't have the burner that they normally do um they have van jefferson but um when you say ball. YOLO ball, sure. Contested what you, catch. What do you that's what that he's great at that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That's his role in this offense. Whereas uh the the between the twenties guy, that's that's mostly gonna be Cooper Cup, and we know that. Um, but red zone is a uh, Cooper Cup isn't I don't quickly, you know, Cooper Cup's not just a between the twenties guy, Cooper Cup is all over the field guy. So yes, that's that's fair. He can do it all. I, I really um, think Allen Robinson will be too. He's not, Robinson, gonna be, he's not going to be running uh, in motion. He's not right. taking a uh, reverse. But but do you, I think clear. a very common stat line for Allen Robinson will be eight catches, 90 yards, touchdown. Or eight, seven catches, 110 yards, no touchdown. I feel like he's going to be as safe of a wide receiver, too, as there is out there. I mean, we have the – like, we have the – this – feeling that like the the Rams just like are this otherworldly passing offense but they're not though like they're they're it's not like they're throwing so much more than everyone else they were they were top 10 in passing yeah but the system though and we talked about this last preseason I remember I think episode five or six right the reason why I loved Stafford he was my first quarterback I talked about on on this podcast right um the Rams receivers are open at a higher rate than any other team in the league. Right. It is a system. It is also Cooper Cup's ability to get open. It was Robert Woods' ability to get open. Allen Robinson gets open. Allen Robinson is a good runner, a, a good route runner. And yeah, I hear you. he's never gotten to, to face the number two corner on the other side. He was facing the number two corner last year. With Mooney? 
Yeah. Maybe in the last five or six games, but start, for the majority of that year, when Al Robinson's healthy, he's getting the number one corner. Mooney came yeah. on, but but I mean, over the last six years of Allen Robinson's career, he's right. getting the number one. I mean, I guess my question is, why? What? Why did like if Mooney succeeded, why did Allen Robinson not succeed? That's my question. Like, I think it was mental. I'm done with you guys. I either I'm I'm being disrespected. I'm disrespected. Sure. I'm not vibing with the coaching staff. That was a common theme there. It was not just yeah. Allen Robinson. Everybody was pretty frustrated with what was going on. That's right. I mean, that's fair. I know you're high on him. You've got him as your wide receiver. What? Like inside your 15. He's my wide receiver 37. So um, that's that's. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me tell you. Let's go from 17 to 22 on some consensus ranks here. Okay. I have him over all of these guys. So this is 17 through 22 is Jalen Waddle. Yep. Terry McLaurin. Okay. Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, and Jerry Judy. I think Allen Robinson on a week-to-week basis is safer than all of those guys and has a very similar, if not just as high ceiling. I think... I think he's more comparable to Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams. I think those guys are going to be at the top of that tier. Um, well, you would take Mike Williams over uh, uh, Allen Robinson? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. So, for me, that, that group, 17 to 22, I'm comfortable with Allen Robinson yeah. above. Um, this is also a situation where if something were to happen to Cooper Cup, then it, it, the top is blown off of this thing. But that's not what's going into my ranks. Well, sure. When, I'm, let's I'm, look inside of 17. The first one up is DJ Moore. That's well, a tough sure. one because of volume. DJ Moore is a great player. He was very good. Very good with he is very good. Sam Darnold. The touchdowns so the aren't always there for DJ Moore. They're not, but... It, and they're not, it's not an offense that's going to produce a lot of touchdowns. So yeah. that's kind of the Achilles heel for him. I'm fine taking Allen Robinson, especially at price, but even just straight up over DJ Moore for redraft. Deontay Johnson, I'm not loving this year. I've already said I'm out on Pittsburgh pass, uh, the passing game. We will not see 160 plus targets out of Deontay Johnson, which is uh... what he lives on. I th- or did last year. I I remains to be seen. I I think Deontay Johnson is just as much of a talent as Allen Robinson, if not better. So I okay. I remains but to be situation seen. wise. Who if if you say they're pretty similar, you've got to fall with the Rams' offense it's and the tough, attention man. that Cooper Cup is going to get because DJ Moore is getting all of the attention. Well, you say that, but. Like Cooper Cup, if 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 you have Allen Robinson over the rest of the guys, like Cooper Cup is going to get his. Like Allen yes. Robinson, like it's like saying, I don't know, it's it's not every wide receiver two is going to be you know a, a like you can't just put anyone on the Rams and just make them great. Allen Robinson's going to be good. Um, I think fifteen is a little high for me you're you're really needing everything to go right for Allen Robinson to get there. That's true. You are. Um, I, I feel Metcalf? like 
I like DK Metcalf. I I do. I I think I, that offense is going to be ugly at times, but I think DK Mac DK Metcalf is like no one else in the league. There's there's not okay. another DK Metcalf in the league. I know? agree. So, but even if I if you're okay and I'm okay going DK Metcalf or DJ Moore, these these guys, yeah. yeah. Allen Robinson is in that discussion. He's in that argument. Sure. Yeah, he's wide receiver. I mean, fifteen to twenty. He's he's in there. He's in, he's definitely so, in that discussion. Where he's going though, price wise, there's not a better value at the wide I receiver agree. position. I agree. Period. Yeah. Although I will argue that right around the art, the place where he's going is my guy Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's okay, going right around the same area as Allen Robinson, and I all the things that we just argued for Allen Robinson. I can argue for Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton has never had a great quarterback. His best quarterback was probably just now when he played with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, like he's had Joe Flacco, he's had he's had Drew Locke, and he's had Brett Rippon and uh, Kendall Hinton. You know, like guys like this who are not going to be high high value starters in the league again. He was also one year removed from an ACL tear, so he's just getting himself back to form there. I, I think we're going to see a healthier now more suited for the offense with Russell Wilson coming into town, a, a great quarterback. And we just saw it with the Rams, a great quarterback coming into town opens up and changes everything about the offense. Yeah. Everyone gets better, you know, and, you know, talking about a Jerry Judy on the team, I think Cortland Sutton is above a Jerry Judy, you know, you've got ancillary pieces like Tim Patrick. You've got a great running game now. Arguably, I would say that, that that running game is better than the Rams' running game. I think the offense for the yeah. Denver Broncos, you you called it you called it yourself. They play in a shootout division. Whereas, what have we talked about? What has our mantra been lately? You want teams that choose to throw, not teams that have to throw. Yeah, the Rams are going to be in a softer division. They're not going to have to have these huge games. They can, but they're not going to have to have these huge games to win. The Broncos realistically could have to put up 25 to 30 points each game to win those games comfortably. And I like that for a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who not only can he throw it deep well, he loves to throw it deep well. He moonshot. Moonshot, and he's very efficient. And who do they have other than this huge old stallion of a man in Cortland Sutton, who is a contested catch freak? And he happens to just be bigger than everyone else. So I. I like Cortland Sutton in that offense, and those are my main reasons why I would take him over an Allen Robinson. Um, but if you were to, t- you know, tell me that, you know, is it guaranteed that Cortland Sutton does better than Allen Robinson? No, but I think I'd rather have the wide receiver one in a arguably just as good offense than the wide receiver two in a very good offense. Do you think that Cortland Sutton is the clear one there? Um. Like, would it shock you if Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were within like ten targets of each other? No, no. So they're really uh, a one A one B. Yeah, uh, I think that. I don't think Patrick is too far behind them. I, no, I like he, Patrick. He's a good. He's a good receiver. You know, he's 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 slept on for sure. It's hard to unless it's like this otherworldly offense. It's hard to really get excited about the third piece um, in it. Um, Jacob, to to your point about the half to throw, like they don't. It's like 
I hear I hear what you're saying, but it's 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 the difference between like like they're not on the same level of like a Panthers or a Jets or a Giants where it's they are going to be down. Like they have no chance at keeping <laughs> yeah. up. Um, so you have to throw the Jaguars were a perfect example. They were top half of the league in pass attempts, but they went nowhere. The the Broncos have a solid defense. They have the ability on offense to control the game and they can score points. So it's like they don't have to throw because I think the talent on that team warrants them to be able to choose their own. It's like choose your own adventure. I feel like um, the Denver Broncos have that within their within the range of outcomes, um, the ability to control how that game is going to go. Granted, you're talking about, you know, six other games that you're going to have to play against these teams, they're more often than not are going to be, you know, not facing top tier talent. Um, Do you think we see any growing pains for Denver? Given, given the pressures sure. of that division. I, it's possible. Like I'm not saying Corlin Sutton in this offense, uh, this offense in general, is just a lock to be great. One of these teams is not going to have a good, you know, a good enough season. People want to Denver, Denver throws for the least amount of yards. And attempts in that division. You know, that's not even that's not even crazy talk because those other teams realistically, I mean, it's gonna be a pass happy, it's gonna be an explosive division. So yeah, that's not that's not shocking. Um look, I'm not I'll be on record and say there's a chance that the Broncos finish last in that division. Like it's just But you also think Kansas City doesn't make the playoffs. Well, I mean, that's a that's a virtual certainty, you know, unfortunately. So so Herbert gets in for the first time. Carr gets back in. Mahomes and Russell Wilson watch them on TV together. Interesting take here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's the narrative. I'm <laughs> um, All the right. Narrative, the narrative that you have been following, though, this year, and you've really been pushing it, and you've been, you know, clashing with Jacob, clashing with guys, you know, on Twitter all the time. Oh, yeah. Um. Let's talk about your man CD Lamb and who I like to call Dallas Stefan Diggs. Is that I have who some is? nicknames for him too? Is that who CD Lamb is? Are we about to see, you know, another one of these top tier wide receiver seasons? I know you already believe that. You don't have to, to continue to peddle um this narrative to me, but make the case for these people, and then I'll tell you why you might be wrong, but why CD Lamb is making this jump into a top five wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb is going to have, and this may sound bold, it's probably a little bold, he is going to have a 1,400-yard, 15-touchdown season. That's, I that's think spicy. two words that, uh, that Jacob likes to use for CeeDee Lamb are alpha yep. and elite. And I'd have to agree with Jacob here. He's Jacob's favorite favorite lock to finish as the number one overall receiver. Oh, it's is hard he? to go. It's hard to go against that. You know, um, I feel like that's not true. I feel like that's <laughs> not how Jacob feels. Ceedee Lamb is an absolute freak, DeAndre Hopkins level freak when it comes to his hands and his catch radius. We've seen yeah. flashes of it in season in training camp. It's not just the one clip in, on Hard Knocks. He has incredible hands. Everybody in that organization, other elite wide receivers in the league have said, this dude is real. He is, yeah. he is one of the best in the game. 
for sure. And he's got the Michael comp- Irvin said he's going to he is going to take over as yeah. a top three, top five. When you talk Devontae Adams and Justin yeah. Jefferson, you're going to be talking about CeeDee Lamb after this season. And I think I, I think it's just the window is closing so fast that when we get to actual draft season, it's going to be too late. If you're in a dynasty league, do everything you can to go get CD lamb. I just did everything I could to go get him. I just went and gave up a lot to go get CD lamb. I, I, I went it's and gave worth up, every penny. I went and gave up Deontay Johnson. I gave him Kenneth Walker, gave him a second round pick in 2024, gave up Nico Collins as a toss in for CD lamb. A, to and me, that is a steal. I feel like it's going to be a steal. I feel like that's going to do. I, this is where, this is one where I don't feel like it's crazy. I don't, but you know, I, I, I love watching you go off, you know, on a rocket ship and, and, and go to the, to the moon, you know, CD is the moon. Um, he does you, everything. He does everything. Like to, he's not just CD lamb. He is also disc sheep. Um, disc sheep. <laughs> yeah, he is who he is disc sheep on this show. And if you need, if he's, if it's third down, he's your guy. He is. If it's, if you want to stretch the field and throw it deep to him up the sideline, he's your guy. Right. In the red zone, he's killing people at the goal line. He's yeah, Devontae he, Adams-like yeah. people at have the died. goal line. <laughs> and and for, look, I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell people, CeeDee Lamb is the next Devontae Adams of fantasy football. So for those of you who don't know how, kind of how our, our relationship goes on the show, one of us will get excited about a player, and then the other one of us will tell us, no, you're wrong, and then just wet blanket over everything. And it's our responsibility to do that for each other because Let's it really it. makes you see every side of it. Now, after you've told me you also love CD, I love CD Lamb. That scares you just a little bit. Love CD Lamb, but Travis Travis always goes to the high end. Like he's going to be the the wide receiver one. I won't ever I won't ever stat someone out as this guy is definitively the wide receiver one, no matter what. But CD Lamb, looking at this offense, he does have outlier potential in this kind of season where you don't have an established two. Michael Gallup is going to have to prove that he's healthy coming off of the, the ACL injury late, late in the season. They have a Jalen Tolbert, a James Washington, a Dalton Schultz will take away some targets. You know, backfield is what it is. CD lamb realistically, and you know, jumping up to, even if you were to get to, you 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 put him at a twenty five percent target share, and that puts him at about one hundred and forty targets, one hundred fifty targets. Easy money. It is it is within the realm of possibility if they throw for the same amount of tar- uh, passes they threw last year. I think they threw like five ninety six or something like that. Um, if he were to jump up to that thirty, that twenty nine percent target share that we just saw Stephon Diggs have two years ago. That's 170 targets, Travis, and then that does put you in that that kind of line where you mix in where he is the only other, he is the only option on this offense that is Dax go to on a third down or in the red zone because you look at the numbers and they don't look pretty in terms of the red zone targets. CD Lamb only has 22 red zone targets in his career, but prior to Stephon Diggs getting to Buffalo, he had five red zone targets and then 15 red zone targets. He gets to um, he Buffalo. also he also had to play a whole season with right with Cooper Rush and Andy Dalton and whoever his name was. It's ben, true. Ben Those Hard Knocks playing points. chess. What's that dude's name? Oh, oh gosh, Danucci. Oh, Danucci. I'm not yeah. counting CD Lamb's 
red zone targets against him when half of his career right. was with Ben DiNucci and Cooper right. Rush. And that's what I'm trying to get at is that we saw just last season, Stefan Diggs just had, I think, 38 red zone targets. That's a season like you put these these ingredients in the same pot. You put these things together and it's not like they're impossible. You you have these seasons where it's just he's the go-to guy on a on a top 12 top 10 offense and you do have a magical season where it, it may not be who CD Lamb is every single year. We're not calling him Antonio Brown like that's hard to come by in I the- am I am telling Off you he is Devontae Adams of fantasy football for the next five years. Let me finish. (laughs) You said we are not. You are not. I am definitely calling him that. I'm just. I'm not going to sit here and say that that CD Lamb is this guy for the next six years. What I am going to say that this year we could see a kind of Cooper Cup type season, DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver one season, where he does have 170, 175 targets. And he does get to 1,500 yards, and he does get to 14 touchdowns. And then you do see that he, at the end of the day, he is the wide receiver one. You said it yourself. Wow, I got this guy in the third round. I got this guy at the late second round. And that is, you know, those are the kind of guys you win your league with. And look, in C.D. Lamb's range of outcomes, being realistic, that is well within the the upper range of his outcomes. And it's not hard to see that kind of season happening for CD Lamb. So, um, so you're telling me overall wide receiver one is not that spicy. It is spicy. That's always spicy to say, but for for a guy like this, where people have been saying it since the before last year, you know, he doesn't have a, an Amari Cooper. We are going to find out this year if that is really a detriment to the the offense overall or if that is just an opening of a door that C.D. Lamb needed to show that, hey, thanks for stopping by, Amari, but this is my house. You can leave now. C.D. No, we'll Lamb was your pick last year preseason of a guy going outside of the top eight or ten at his position sure. who you think could finish number one overall. I'm always a year early, man. I'm always a year early. We did one at each position. I don't remember who all my guys were. I do remember my quarterback was Stafford, and he finished top five. That was great. Right. And Eckler was going outside the top eight or ten at running back, and I said Eckler yeah. could finish number one overall. He gave you an RB2. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb, I, we're going to have to do this again because when we get to that show, oh, no, I guess we can't because CeeDee's going to be ranked that high. Oh, for sure. Dynasty wise, outside of Jefferson and Chase, you can't name another receiver you would take before him. Ah, Cooper no Cup. In Dynasty too. I mean, Cooper Cup's only 20, 28 years old. I mean, uh, let's see, let's see here. That's tough. That's that's Cindy a... Lamb just turned twenty three. I know. Look. I I'm in on CD, but it's like taking a, a, an amazing season from Adam Thielen over five years of Devonte Adams. Right. If you believe that he's that guy, yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup turns 29 next month, three weeks. Um, Jacob, to to your point that you just said uh, that he had an 11 percent target share in the red zone. He that's 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 true. Um, he let's see. Let me let me let me pull this up. Let me. Let me wide receiver seven. I mean, that's well, that's within his range too. I mean, 
wide receiver seven isn't disrespectful. Are people um, blind? It is disrespectful. Open your eyes, Jacob. Jacob, last Cooper, year he had he had eleven red zone targets. Like I said, the red zone targets are not a sticky stat. Like that's it's not. it's not it's not something that like oh well he only had eleven last year. Like I just said, Stephon he also got had, tackled inside the three yard line like six times. Right, but what I'm trying to say is like I bring it back to Stephon Diggs because that's who we brought up in this segment. Stephon Diggs last year had 15 red zone targets. This or two years ago he had 15 red zone targets. This year he had 38. You know, it's like that's a great point. You can it it, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take no. a lot for something crazy. Like if I told you that Juju to was among among the leaders of in red zone targets a couple of years ago, you it, it'd be shocking, but he was. Yeah. You know, so it just it just depends on the year. You need an outlier year. You need a year where it's like, wow, they just keep finding themselves in positions where CD Lamb gets the ball and he just scores. So you need it to kind of break your way, and CD Lamb seems to be in a position where it it, it could ba- break his way. You I don't want. I'm up- gonna I'm gonna up this. I'm gonna say two thousand yards and twenty one oh touchdowns. Oh god, no! <laughs> get out of here! Get out of here! I don't want to look. We had it on the show sheet. I don't want to talk about Jacksonville wide receivers. We're not. I was just gonna say whatever is written down next needs to be Control Alt Deleted out like, of here. Okay. The answer is no. You're not. No, a Jacksonville receiver. There's value. There's value. I'll turn it into a Twitter post. I'll, I'll, I'll make that, you know, something that people can actually use and read. So, um, I do want to talk about this last guy because it's, we just mentioned, uh, his ex teammate, Amari Cooper. Um, I'm not drafting Michael Thomas or Amari Cooper this year. Um, not until I know if Deshaun Watson is playing. The Um, price is too high. It's too high. Um, I really want Alan Lazard though. Um, and it's it's purely a value play. I we brought it up at the beginning of the show about how his ADP is corrected a little bit on underdog. He's still going 50 spots behind Amari Cooper. Like 50, a full four rounds. The wide receiver one most likely for the Green Bay Packers. Alan Lazard, a guy who I think is gonna get about 100, 110 targets. He'll get over a thousand yards, I think. I think he's going to get six touchdowns, maybe. This thousand year. yards, Lazard. I think. I think. Yeah, a thousand yard Lazard is is. Yeah, thousand yard Lazard. That's up there, man. How yeah. many receivers had a thousand yards last year? That is a great question. Uh, it. I mean, Jacob, can you give us that real quick when you get a chance? Um. So it's it's tough because. Um, Alan Lazard is a guy who profiles as, I mean, he's not like, he's not Amari Cooper, you know, he's, he's not, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he's just a de facto number one. Randall Cobb isn't going to be, um, the, the guy this year. Um, let me see. Let me see. Um, I don't think they're done adding. Let's see how many wide receivers had a thousand yards last year. Twenty six. Twenty six wide receivers had a thousand yards last year. So, to me, that says. I mean, I count Travis Kelsey. Small, yeah. To me, that says there's a small, small chance. But yeah. where he's going, if he gives you eight fifty and nine or nine hundred plus eight touchdowns, because he does that too. Alan Lazard is a great, great value. 
I don't think they're done. I think they add another receiver. Um, whether yeah, that's Terrell who, Owens or Julio Jones, I don't know. But they will go get somebody. I mean, first of all, a uh, 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 couple things. Jacob, thank you so much for helping us on the show. Um, I love the tangents we go on. It uh, it does help kind of keep things in the flow. Um, but Lazard and then bringing in competition, there's no one on the market right now that makes me feel like he's going to come in and immediately threaten the guy that... Um, Julio that, Jones would not? No, because... How many games is, is Julio Jones going to play? Okay, well, injury-wise, I don't know, but... Exactly. At, Hell, at this point, I mean, he's, he's going to be 34 years old. Like, you have to... It's, it's 34? Not like Isn't he? He's like 33 right now, right? He's 32. He he turned 32 a couple months ago, so he yeah, will be so 32 he all 60, season. He turned 61 next <laughs> yeah, week. Oh so, uh, <laughs> Julio Jones, healthy, I, is smashing Alan Lazard's value. Yes, okay. I will admit Julio <laughs> Jones would put a damper on Alan Lazard. Uh, but I, I like Alan Lazard where he's going because if they don't bring someone in, you know, if they, even if they do bring in like a Will Fuller or – uh, geez, oh, Julio Jones. Uh, unless they bring in like Julio Jones, I'm not. I'm. I still think Lazard is going to be a guy that they will trust. Like we're sitting here in May, uh, we don't know what Julio's going to do. We don't even know if the Packers want to bring a guy like that in. Um, so I, I'm more of the mindset. You you just got really big on the screen, and it scared me. Like it just it just me? popped up. Yeah, just like boom, like boom. Um, like I need to lean back. Yeah, a little bit. Ty Hilton, come on, man. But um, yeah, Alan Lazard, and just to bring up the other guys that I brought up, like Michael Thomas. Are you drafting Michael Thomas at all this year? No, I'm no. not. I'm not touching him. Look, I hope that he has a great year. I hope he goes for twelve hundred and ten touchdowns for I somebody. Hope, I hope Michael Thomas doesn't play another down. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> After Don't what he that. did to the, my fantasy team fantasy, last year. Look, the fantasy gods know when you start wishing somebody to suck, yeah. uh, you, you end up losing bets and shaving legs. Yeah. You've got you to gotta root for people. Jacob says Lazard, 99 targets. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what that's I think, I think so. Nine, 900 yards, seven scores. That's about what we said. Jacob, you and I are right there. I have him at 105 Target 74 reception. I have it about a hundred and I are a thousand and eight yards and six touchdowns. So, uh, same amount of fantasy points right there. Yeah. So I think we're, we're right there. Um, great value. He's still going plenty late. Yeah. And that's, I mean, he's, he is, he's, he's, he is a great value. Great value, man. All right. We agree on Lazard. Let me give you our final section of the night. How many minutes into this are we? Oh my God. We've been talking all night. All right, I, quick hitters. I'm oh, not going to ask for an, ex, an explanation. I have, I, answer, I, have to, I have to answer Ben real quick. Okay. okay. Um, I have Michael Thomas as my wide receiver 22, assuming full health. Or I'm sorry, uh, assuming full health, he is a wide receiver one. Um, but that's a wide right now. That's top right 12. now. He's my he's a wide receiver 20. I think he's my. I'll have to I'll have to double check. I think I said wide receiver 22. Over uh, Bateman? Are you crazy? And Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I don't have I don't have him over Bateman. You said Michael Thomas wide receiver 22. Yeah. Oh, you have Bateman inside your top 20. 
Yeah, we just said that. I have him at like I think he's nineteen. I thought you said like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. No, nineteen. Who do I have? Hold on, let me check. I've got man. You're having. Maybe that was Robinson. Maybe that was Robinson. Yes, yes, yeah. All right, I've got five. This guy or that guy? Questions. We don't have to expand at all. Just give me one name. I can't wait for this to get gross. Actually, let's try. Let's try to not expand let's try to okay i'll try to keep it mindfully just give a name okay um i think i are you ready i think so are you ready yes i'm I'm ready zeke elliott javante williams 2022 fantasy point who has more javante williams okay Darnell Mooney or T. Higgins? Uh, T. Higgins. A.J. Brown or Hollywood Brown? A.J. Brown. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm, I'm opposite you on all three. Brandon Cooks or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. Nope. <laughs> What that our ranks are gonna be so different. Rob Gronkowski or Dallas Goddard. That's tough. Uh I've actually got Goddard. Um, because I don't think I don't know if Gronk's if uh, all right, let's assume health, Gronk. Okay. We agree on one. I think a healthy Gronk gives you more than Goddard does, given the addition of AJ Brown. I don't, I don't think Gronk plays a whole season, but uh I disagree with you on I think Zeke gives Javante a real run for his money there. I like Mooney over T on volume alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood Brown over AJ Brown on volume alone. Yeah. Cooks over Deontay is going to be really tough. I might actually have to lean Deontay there. Um, and we and we both like Gronk. That brings a close to the hour and a half long Thursday night yeah. show. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like I know, it flew by. Episode fifty four is a is a really good one. Um, and we need to we need to have an intervention with Jacob. Um, something's <laughs> something's wrong. I think your calculator's broken. I feel like you. I don't know if you just need like a hug or something. Um, Dustin, but- you are going to have to spend an hour straight. Maybe a solo video just defending Rashad Bateman. Yeah, so here we go. You know what? I've uh, next month when I release my rankings, um, I'm gonna do a full hour long release. How about that? Um, I will do I like a full it. hour long release show of my rankings, and just absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna start coming up with the marketing material, and we are going to absolutely have fun with it. Um, you know that's like what we it. should do, Travis. That's what we should do. We should make. We should make a rankings release show and then hype it up, and then that's what you and I are going to do because we're gonna we're gonna come up with a lot of discrepancies between yours and mine. Yes. Um, so, Mooney over T Higgins might know, sound it, like a hot take now. It will not be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we'll we'll do that. We'll do. It might be a two hour long show since we just did an hour and a half. This is an hour and a half running right now. We got to cut this off. Man, that was fun. I, these are always so much fun. I always appreciate these. Um, thanks, thanks, boys, for joining. Th- thanks, everyone, for joining. 
As always, we are Losing Sucks. I'm Dustin Blanton. That's Travis Masterson. Remember, Losing Sucks. Don't do it. Take it easy, y'all. See y'all.